Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Look, you're sick of hearing about Brexit. I'm sick of talking about Brexit. But at the end of probably the maddest week in Brexit so far, it felt like we should try to explain what was going on. No politicians on this one, you'll be pleased to hear, because frankly, they haven't got a clue. I thought we'd head up to the roof of Parliament. You can't see it from the street, I'm afraid, but um, tucked just beyond Westminster Hall is a tatty but much-loved porter cabin. It's the Times office on the roof of Parliament, the parliamentary office where the political team have been based for many, many years. The carpet is scruffy. In fact, it's quite damp, the carpet, at the moment, because the roof has been leaking. Uh, The desks are covered in papers and mugs and a lot of rubbish, frankly. The walls are groaning with books, most of them unread, I'm sorry to report. Frankly, we've got better things to do than read books, trying to write the first draft of this extraordinary history of Brexit. So let's head up to the room and have a quick whiz around everyone who's there and to see if they can explain what on earth is going on. So let's start with Francis Elliott. You've just come back from the number 10 briefing telling you exactly what's going to happen next. (laughs) What's going to happen? Well, uh, first of all, quite a relieved number 10, uh, unusually having won four votes in a row sometime that they had that. So, 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 So they had a smile on their face. Uh, and they tried to explain the next thing we expect to see is the government laying the, 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 the third attempt to pass her deal. There was a bit of a hint that it's not going to be on Monday. Uh, one of the consequences of today's vote is that it could be as late as Wednesday. So, you know, we're all now kind of poised for a an next big showdown season finale vote on Tuesday or Wednesday. And do we think they've got more chance of getting that through as a result of all the other votes that have happened? We do. We think that the defeat of the, the Ben amendment that was Parliament taking control provides less cover for um, Labour MPs who might otherwise um, have not voted for the government. And sh- we think she needs between 20 and 30 of those to offset the irreconcilable Brexiteers who in no circumstances are ever going to vote for her deal. So while there is definitely movement and softening of the Brexiteer position, the game now really is to 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 get a significant or large enough chunk of Labour MPs back behind her, and we think that's marginally more likely as a result of Ben passing. The other obviously thing to say about Ben not passing is um, Ben had passed 
her authority really would have taken a potentially fatal blow, uh, and everybody would now be talking about how Parliament was going to seize control of the whole process on Wednesday, and power would have started flowing around her. Theresa May's almost just about still got a bit of control? By, uh, by one vote, uh, <laughs> and it's a majority of two, Theresa May clings on, obviously. Thank you very much. Um, now, um, earlier on uh, this afternoon, the Cabinet met, and it sounds like it was a riot. Sam Coates, Deputy Police Secretary. So what happened at Cabinet? Well, borrowing on excellent reporting by colleagues such as Francis Elliott, uh, I, I can tell you it wasn't fun. The first thing to say is that Theresa May made absolutely clear uh, that everything said in the Cabinet had to be kept completely confidential. So each word that I utter is going to irritate her. But basically... To be clear, the... The Prime Minister telling people to stop leaking from Cabinet was one of the first things to leak. Uh, correct. Uh, and it's not the first time she said it in a further blow to her authority, as I keep finding we have to type in our stories. Um, look, there was a sort of there was a big item on the agenda, which was last night. Three of her Cabinet uh, defied her will. Uh, there was a three line whip to vote a particular way on a particular vote. It's now in the midst of time. doesn't really matter what. But the point was that... Uh, <laughs> it seemed very important at the time. It was incredibly important at the time. But the point was that David Mundell and Amber Rudd and Greg Clark and David Gork uh, and Claire Perry, who's a Den's cabinet like Andrew Ledson, but people often forget, were naughty uh, and they didn't vote the way that they were told. And whilst it wouldn't be quite fair to say that Theresa May ripped a new one in the cabinet meeting, it wasn't far... <laughs> I think it's fair to say that she was irritated, giving some pleasure to some of the more loyal Brexiteer people getting rather irritated with the Remainer people. What does that all mean? It means it's all jolly grumpy at the heart of government. However... They had some good news a few hours later, so it's kind of a, it, 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 you know, the day didn't end as it, as it, as it kind of proceeded in the middle. Is her voice back? Are we happy? Can she, did she speak or did she hold up signs to d display her displeasure? She hasn't spoken to me, so I'm not sure the answer to the question. It's unusual because she phones you most afternoons. Um, Henry, let's talk to you, Henry Zeffman, let's talk to you about uh, the second referendum. In a, one of the weirder developments of the day, the people's vote came out against the people's vote and said it wasn't <laughs> supporting a, uh, a vote on a second referendum. Can you try and explain... I know it, all of this defies explanation, but um, can you try and explain what was going on with this? The People's Vote campaign weren't the only people who came out against People's Vote today. It was them and Donald Trump. So Natural bedfellows. Uh, natural bedfellows. Very much that is the message they'll want uh, to emerge from today. It is a question of tactics. The People's Vote campaign for... Uh, weeks and months has felt that there is never going to be a majority in favour of another referendum in the House of Commons until you are right up against that cliff edge. The same cliff edge that they simultaneously criticised Theresa May for leading the country towards, but that's by the by. Sarah Wollaston, one of the Conservatives who quit the party last month to set up the independent group, nevertheless tabled an amendment to the government motion tonight in favour of another referendum. That was why the People's Vote campaign came out and said, now is not the time. The Labour Party, which, though it now backs another referendum, has its own internal divides, front bench and back bench, over a second referendum, saw that as its opportunity not to have those divides made public and said, well, look, the People's Vote campaign says now is not the time. So we agree with them and they asked their MPs to abstain. So Jeremy Corbyn showing the sort of decisive, inspiring leadership that we've come to expect sat it out. Or some might say, and it's probably an insult that he'd, he'd find even more insulting, uh, that he was showing the kind of triangulation which he used to abhor during Tony Blair's <laughs> leadership of the Labour Party. But yes, overall then, it, what it meant was that very few people voted for the referendum in the House of Commons. You only had 85 votes in favour. 
But here's an interesting point. You had 334 no's. That's more than half of MPs. So even had the Labour Party whipped all of its MPs to vote in favour of a referendum, and bear in mind, by the way, that some of its MPs, a handful, defied the whip and voted against one anyway, and voted in favour as well, there would not be a majority in the House of Commons for a second referendum. So the People's Vote campaign, if you believe that there's no point in voting on a second referendum until there's a majority in favour, on that front, they are vindicated. Does this mean that a people's vote second referendum is now off the table and we can stop taking phone calls from people's vote operatives? (laughs) Definitely not to the latter. They don't call me that much. Um, (laughs) Of course it's not off the table in the sense that nothing is off the table. Uh, We are in this strange world where everything is unlikely, but one of the unlikely things has to happen. But it has been the case for a while that a second referendum isn't going to happen until there's a major shift on the Tory benches in favour of it. And that doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, I'm, I think we can say it's not going to happen, but anyway, um, we'll cut that out um, when it does happen. Um, Kate, you've been keeping a close eye on the Labour Party. Do they have a position now? What is, what's, if people are looking at the government and thinking they're a mess, is anything clear on the Labour side? Um, well, what Jeremy Corbyn has said after all these votes in the House of Commons is his statement was basically an attempt to try and bridge the massive gap Um, between the two sides of his party that's been shown in this vote. I mean, he had 17 people, um, 17 Labour MPs, rebelling one way this evening on a second referendum. He had another 24 rebelling in exactly the opposite way. Um, So what he's done is he's said a statement that basically says we are in favour of Labour's Brexit proposals. Jobs first Brexit. Jobs first Brexit and a second referendum. Now, this will, of course not please anyone or well certainly will not please the Labour MPs who already are very worried about this issue. It's also worth pointing out that Ruth Smeath was a a PPS to Tom Watson the deputy leader she resigned from her job to vote against a second referendum what's going on in the world of Tom Watson and his party within a party seems a very long time ago but they only met on Monday for the first time. Yes and in this Brexit week of all weeks Monday does seem as if that was about 3,000 years ago Um, but yes no Ruth has resigned. Um, she said it was a very difficult decision, that she, but one that she had to do for her um, constituents. One thing to point out, though, is that four other frontbenchers also rebelled, have not yet resigned. Of course, this podcast happening very live, very in the moment. Um, and what's happened in the past is that when it's come to this, Labour has talked about a kind of across-the-piece look at rebellions and that maybe decisions wouldn't be taken initially. It's all been very, you know, interesting about where where discipline has lain on this. So Ruth obviously felt that she had the need to resign, but at the minute, the other four are still there. And Ruth has been one of the people, she's written for Red Box a couple of times about how she just wants this to be over with. She would rather there was a deal than no deal. Her resigning, does that put her one step closer to backing May's deal in the end, do you think? I think that's probably true. I think what it also does is it's a warning shot um, about a second referendum. And that's what they're trying to do. Now, Labour MPs who are in favour of a second referendum trying to put a, a good gloss on this tonight and saying, OK, well, you know, 17 Labour MPs voting against another referendum is not actually uh, a particularly high number in terms of, of the numbers that we've heard who could do this. So they're saying, fine, if it tops out at that, you know, we'd be happy enough with that. But uh, it's not good. 
It's not good. Kate Devlin, thanks very much. Let me wander around the other side of uh, the room. Esther Weber, Red Box supporter, who's been crunching the numbers on uh, all of the votes. What leaps out at you, Esther, apart from the the shocking prospect that Theresa May's had a clean sweep of victories? I think what leaps out is just the high potential for absolutely mad results on all of these votes below the headline number of a victory win. So things like, for example, the fact that on a straight Labour amendment, you've got a Labour MP voting against and a Tory MP voting for, tells you to coin a phrase, this is not normal. The political parties don't exist anymore, do they? Everyone's just sort of doing, doing what they like. Yeah, it's sort of a freestyle, isn't it? That, um, yeah, people are just... All, all the normal rules have been thrown out and people are just dancing through the lobbies any way they want. And we should probably talk about the um, on the main vote, the government motion to propose an extension of Article 50 to June the 30th uh, if she gets a deal through. Um, interestingly, that was opposed by several ministers. Liam Fox, who else was there? Yeah. So um, even on the government's motion, which was a free vote, we should remind people of that, um, there were four cabinet ministers who voted against, and that was Liam Fox, as you said, Stephen Barclay, the Brexit Secretary, uh, Gavin Williamson, the Defence Secretary, and also the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Liz Trust, which is already being interpreted as possibly them having one eye on the leadership. I think everything is a thinly veiled leadership bid uh, these days. Esther, thanks very much. Um, now, uh, finally, I suppose we ought to think about where all this goes and what, I mean, we're not alone in all this. The EU plays a part. So let's wander around to the other, the, the, dark, the far corner. The, not the dark side, the not the dark side. The, <laughs> The slight, slightly tidiest, no, quite the opposite, the messier. Just move those newspapers over there. Um, the, the far corner of the Times Porter Cabin, uh, Ollie Wright, policy editor, and Brexit know-all, I think we'll, um, we'll describe you as. So let's talk about the EU side, because while the Commons is having a huge amount of fun going in and out of the, the voting lobbies, what's going on in Brussels? Well, I mean, all eyes are on next Thursday when Theresa May is going to head to Brussels to potentially ask for this extension to Article 50. And just because she asked for an extension doesn't necessarily mean that EU leaders have to give her one. And it also doesn't necessarily mean that EU leaders have to give her one on the terms that she wants. Now, she's likely to go and ask for a short extension, even if her deal hasn't been passed by that stage. Now, at that point, you've got all EU27 leaders in a room with no aides, no one else, Theresa May won't be there, and they'll have to decide what they are going to do, and no one really knows. Um, there's some quite interesting things coming out of Brussels today, where they're talking about this idea that Britain might have a long reflection period uh, to think what it wants to do. Now, this use of language is really, really significant. It sounds a bit like the naughty step. You're going to sit there and think about what you've done. Oh, it's worse than that. Um, <laughs> no, they've used this language before. They used it when the Irish famously voted against the Lisbon Treaty. Um, they also had a long reflection period, and afterwards, guess what? They reflected and they decided they'd back the Lisbon Treaty. This is seen as code for, look, just have a second referendum, be done with it, get it all over. Now, that is really toxic over here. Um, but it isn't impossible. Now, if you go back to that leaked 
not leaked exactly, but when Ollie Robbins was overheard in a hotel bar saying that MPs would be faced by this choice, a short extension to ratify the deal or potentially a very long referendum, that could be the choice that is facing MPs when Theresa May comes back to the summit with, what, five days to go before Brexit? So the clock is ticking. It's worth pointing out that although MPs on Thursday night have voted in favour of an extension or requesting an extension, it doesn't actually mean anything. It's like a it's a it's a response to a survey, really. It's not legally binding. The Withdrawal Act 2018 still states we are leaving on March the 29th. At what point do we have to do something about that? It will be in the week after the European summit. The government will have to come back and um, lay either the statutory instrument or put it into primary legislation to change the date of Brexit um, and put a new date in. So MPs will actually, at that point, have to make a final decision. Um, Most people, if you look at the votes today, suggest that they will do that, but MPs are perfectly entitled to change their minds, and indeed they do. And I don't think if there's one thing we've learnt from this entire process is um, it's very, very unwise making any predictions. And if you've got a garage full of March the 29th commemorative mugs and plates, you're going to struggle to shift them? It might be worth more if we don't end up leaving. <laughs> In fact, isn't there a story that's about Gavin Williamson? Yeah. He claims that he produced some plates for when he was... Gavin Williamson, now defence really, when he worked in the pottery. And I think he claims he produced some plates and bowls for a royal wedding and then they changed the date of the royal wedding and he did an interview with the local paper and he ended up selling more there's, more with the date wrong than the, with the date right. There's a bus ad going around London at the moment for a f- new film called Jumbo which says Jumbo taking off on March 29th. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Wright, thanks very much. So there you have it. I hope that is now all totally clear. Britain is still leaving on March the 29th until it isn't. MPs don't think we should but they're not totally sure what we should do instead. They Probably uh, don't want a second referendum, though, but what happens instead is still anyone's guess. Theresa May's had a good day, and she can probably bank that. She's won some votes, and she's told the Remainers off in the Cabinet. But let's not forget, as I wrote in uh, the Red Box email on Thursday morning, she is someone who can sometimes turn a bit of good luck uh, bad. Some politicians manage to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. The unlucky ones snatched defeat from victory. Theresa May, though, has a unique skill of being able to reach deep into the jaws of defeat, over the tongue of confusion, down the esophagus of farce, past the lungs of hubris, through the stomach of incompetence, and on into the large intestine of humiliation and the colon of chaos, where she can catch hold of whatever faecal matter she can before dragging it all the way back through the body politic and holding it aloft like a trophy and declaring... This is why you should all vote for my deal. It sounds like she's going to be doing that again sooner rather than later. Will she get it through or not? Will meaningful vote three become meaningful vote four and five and six? And like Police Academy films, in no time at all, there'll be meaningful vote mission to Moscow. We'll do our best to keep on explaining it. Tell your friends to subscribe. Tell your friends to post reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And sign up to my morning email. I'm still getting up at five o'clock and trying to make sense of it all. Sign up to my morning email. Go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash red box. And if you want to come and see us in person trying to explain what on earth is going on, come to Brexit Tamed live on Tuesday March the 26th, just a couple of days before we're supposed to be leaving uh, the EU. Time subscribers can just go to mytimesplus.co.uk for all the details and tickets. But for now, it's been another extraordinary day in Westminster. It's dark, which is not a good sign for me getting home at a decent hour. For now, I've been Matt Chorley. Goodbye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.